What's up, church? You feel good? I don't know how I feel seeing all those football clips and it's playoff time. You know what I'm saying? So what that is, is that is a whole bunch of statements of faith about where the Denver Broncos are headed this time next year. And those of you that are wearing other jerseys, we have a prayer team over here in the corner of the room. Before you leave, you can be delivered. <laughs> hey, how many first-time visitors we have with us today? Uh, what's up, guys? Can we make some noise for our first-time visitors? We're so glad you're here. I hope you've already sensed this, uh, but if you haven't, let me just make sure you know we're really glad you're here. And so no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you've been through or are going through, I want you to know in this place, you're going to be loved and welcomed and valued and accepted, and you've already been prayed for. So we're glad you're here. Welcome home and welcome to Red Rocks Church. Hey, so this is kind of a fun weekend for us. Uh, oh, thank you so much, MJ. You don't even have to duck down, bro. Give it up for MJ. This is a fun weekend for us, and this will mean more to some of you than others, depending on how long you've been a part of this church. But this weekend marks our 14th year anniversary, birthday, whatever you want to call it, as a church. That's pretty cool. We're still here. <laughs> it looked quite a bit different 14 years ago, and, and I know there's a few of you um, in, in each of our locations right now that, that remember these days, but if you would have showed up 14 years ago, this is what you would have walked up to, little different, and then once you went inside, this is what you would have experienced, that's the whole church, day one, right there. And I'd like to tell you that like it took off like wildfire and just grew rapidly. But unfortunately, I saw a picture today of the church several months later. Go ahead and put that picture up. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Attendance of seven. Now we hit double digits if you count the worship team and every good ch church leader knows you always count the worship team. If you have multiple services, you count them every service, okay? So that's what it looked like, but we just, we kind of kept believing that God had a plan for this church family and God had a purpose and God was working in and through this church family even though we couldn't see it at the time. And it's really fun to celebrate because no matter what location you're at right now, if you look around, it looks different, doesn't it? And, and we've got Littleton and Lakewood and Arvada and soon-to-be Park Meadows campus this year in Lone Tree. We've got Brussels, Belgium. Church, can we make some noise for Brussels? We love you, Brussels. We're so glad you're with us. We've got both God Behind Bars campuses, men and women. At both God Behind Bars campuses, we're so proud of you. We believe in you. We love you. And there will be more of those on the horizon. And then, this is pretty cool, this weekend, for the very first time, we also have Red Rocks Church, Austin, Texas. What's up, Austin? We're so glad that Austin is now part of the family. 
And, and so we're just so excited. The co a couple fun numbers I'll share with you, um, and then we'll get moving. Uh, as you saw there in the picture, apparently there were seasons where attendance hovered around seven, okay? Um, a couple weeks ago, this is pretty neat, because you guys decided to invite your friends and family uh, for Christmas Eve, we had over 23,000 people come to one of our services. Is that crazy? And, and this is the number that I'm real excited to share with you. And the one that really matters is in the last 12 months, over 2,000 people have said, I want to start a brand new relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do, church. That's why we're here. And that's reason to celebrate, right? Can we make some noise at every location one more time? And listen. Here's what we know. Everything that we get to experience as a church family is, is, is not because of us. And oftentimes, I say this jokingly, but it's true. It's oftentimes in spite of us. And all credit and glory goes to our God who does everything. And he does so many things that we don't deserve. And, and I was reflecting on all that stuff this week. And, I, and one verse came to mind. I'm like, you know what? We're living this verse. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's what we're experiencing as a church family. And let me just highlight a few things. That's going to be the theme verse for this series. We're kicking off a new series today called Awake. Hit your neighbor in the thigh. Say, you awake? <laughs> we're starting a new series. I heard some good contact. We're starting a new series called Awake. Dream big, live better. And this is gonna be the theme verse, this Ephesians 3.20. And I wanna just highlight a few parts of this verse as we start this series. Would you guys put that verse back up there? Notice it says, now, to him who is able. As we, here's what I know. I've talked to already a whole bunch of people who are like, you know what? I'm glad 2018's gone. You know what I mean? Like somehow we blinked and it's another year and some of you are getting old. And that's not funny. <laughs> Another year went by. And I know a bunch of people are like, man, I'm, I'm so glad that 2018. And, you know, I'm so glad we get to start fresh. And I'm so glad we get to start over. Because here's what I've been through. And here's what we've been dealing with. And here's what, listen, here's what I want to tell you. As we turn the page to 2019, I can promise you, whether you're in one of those seasons where it's like, I can't wait to tell you how good things have been, or you're in one of those seasons where I can't believe I have to tell you how bad things have been, here's what I know. For us to experience the kind of life that God has for us moving forward in this year and beyond, we don't need to rely on our power anymore. We need to rely on his power and what he can do through us. And so it's, it's because of him who is able to do immeasurably more, more than we could ask, more than we can think, more than we can dream up, more than we could imagine being possible. And the reason I want to highlight that is because I know that there's some of you that there's a part of your life right now. There's some stuff you're in the middle of right now. And truth be told, you're like, that part is hopeless. That can't be fixed. That can't be restored. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. That feels impossible. And I want you to know that it's because of his power, because he is able, because he is working, and he'll do immeasurably more than what we ask or think or imagine being possible. And that includes the parts of your life where you feel like it's impossible. I want you to know it's not, because he who is able can do immeasurably more. Why? Why? 
He says, let me, let, me, let me say this again because it's according to his power. Not my power, his power. That is at work within us. And I want you to know this, God's power. Some of you need to hear this. God's power is working in your life right now even if you can't see it. Even if you can't feel it. That's his promise he says, I can do more than you think I can do. And I'm working in your life even when you don't understand it's happening. And some of you need to be reminded, God has not forgotten you. You have not been forgotten. He does have a plan. He does have a purpose. He does have a calling. And he's working in your life even if you can't see it right now. And we don't know that because we feel it. We know that because his word says it. And his word always trumps our feelings. So let's kick off 2019 knowing this. My God is working in my life, my family's life, our church family's life in ways that I couldn't even dream up, even on the days when I can't feel it. That's good news, church. And that's what we're going to start talking about in this series. Because Ephesians 3.20 is true, we can stand on that. Then we can begin to declare this next verse. Go ahead and put that up. Because I know my God's able, and because I know my God's working, even though I don't understand the situation I'm in the middle of right now, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't have to wait till someday to have peace. I don't have to wait till someday to have purpose. I don't have to wait till someday to experience joy. I don't have to wait till someday start living with passion. I may not be where I want to be, but this is the day the Lord has made, and I can rejoice and celebrate and worship in it because I know my God is able and my God is working even when I can't see it. That's why I'm so excited about this series, Awake. Dream big, live better. I say that because, see, I have a tendency to do something, and I bet a whole bunch of you do too, and that is this. I have a tendency to focus and fixate on what might happen tomorrow and what might happen next month and what I hope happens in the future, I have this tendency to get so fixated on a hypothetical future that the truth is I oftentimes miss out on what God wants to do in my life today. Sometimes, I know, I, I know, you're, I know none of you are like this, but sometimes I have this temptation to focus so much of my time and energy and efforts on a hypothetical future but I miss out on the joy God has for me today. Isn't that true? See, and what happens is, is, is we, we say, well, I'm just dreaming about the future. That, that, that's especially what we say in church, and we make it sound very spiritual, and we talk about how God's put this dream in my heart. And the truth is, we've created a hypothetical future that we hope happens, and then we just worry every day whether or not it's going to come true, and we call it dreaming, and we spiritualize it. And the truth is, worrying's actually a sin. That's a whole different conversation, because we're instructed not to worry, and we worry and call it dreams and pretend that we're being spiritual. And the truth is, I'm fixated on a hypothetical future, so much so I'm missing out on the joy God wants me to have today. So we're going to dream big this year. Look, I love talking about dreaming big dreams. I do that stuff on, I talk about that on autopilot. I love it. So I need to hear this. Yeah, I want to dream big, but not at the expense of what God has for me today. 
Because see, I'll miss out on moments and then that moment will turn into a day and that day will turn into a week and you know the deal. Then seasons of life go by, right? And it's like God brought me all the way over here and, and like I think I missed the joy of the whole journey. It's kind of like when you're driving in a car. You ever been driving in a car and you're so focused on something that's coming up in the future that you get to where you're going and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. You ever have that? See, if we're not careful, that'll be life. Because we'll be so focused on something that might happen or might not happen, and all of a sudden, a whole bunch of days goes by, and then it's a whole season of life, and then God brings us to this next level, and we look back, and we're like, well, I, I see where he brought me, but I don't, I don't even know how I got here. I, I missed all the moments in the middle. I missed all the joy that I could have already had, <clears throat> and I don't want that for myself anymore, and I definitely don't want it for you. Excuse me. <clears throat> I took, um, me and Jill took the boys up to Keystone for one day during this Christmas break. By the way, um, if you're watching this from out of state, um, I did that because we can. <laughs> On a whim. We can just go skiing. So I'm not saying God loves us more because we live here. I'm just saying it is what it is. So, on a whim, we decided to go up to Keystone, okay? I got this, this picture in my mind of what was going to happen. I had this dream, this vision. And, and in my vision, <clears throat> nobody else was at Keystone <laughs> but me and the boys. Jill, Jill couldn't be with us uh, because she's recently hurt her back and she's recovering and and, and that's a whole nother story. And, but so she was with us. She just couldn't ski at the time. So it was me and the boys. And in, in, my, in, my, in my dream, we were the only ones at Keystone. And, and it was, the sun was shining. It was one of those days where like there's perfect powder everywhere, but it's so warm. It's like, ugh, I don't undo my jacket. You know what I mean? It's one of those days. And, and my, my 10-year-old, who just literally goes straight down every single run, no zigging, no zagging, just in my dream, he slowed down long enough for me to catch him. And he reached back his hand while we were, I, I bored and very average, and he reached back his hand and he grabbed a hold of my hand. And he was like, Dad, I love you. And then out from the side comes Austin and the other side comes Ethan because they're always in the trees and on jumps and they both come join me. And, and one of them comes and they ski right next to me and they're like, Dad, you're the best. And it was like slow motion and I was like, I know. <laughs> That's my dream, okay? We're having a moment. What actually happened was we went to the ski rental place because my boys won't stop growing and what they got last year doesn't fit anymore. So we go rent skis and boots and it's taking forever, okay? And, and I'm not what you would call patient, okay? And so I'm like real 
antsy in this place, and it's taking forever, and we're trying on, the boots don't fit, and trying another pair, and boots don't fit, trying another pair. Get in line. There's only one line, one cashier, and I'm pretty sure he's already partaking of what has recently become legal in our state because he's moving super slow. And I mean, I'm like 30 minutes in this line. I'm not kidding. And we also needed a helmet. So I get to the front and I'm like, hey, man, I, I, I need to get these skis and these boots and I need a helmet. And he goes, oh, brah. <laughs> Wrong line for helmets, man. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Rick. Um, so now we go over here and we get the helmet and we get back in a line and I'm talking another 20 or 30 minutes and I keep looking at my watch. I'm like, oh my gosh, my dream and the I love you's and the slow motion, and the whole thing, it's gotta happen. And we're, you know, time is ticking and Jill's texting me like, how's skiing? And I'm like, we're still in the rental shop. And, and at one point, my son Austin's like, dad, he was trying on his boot and I was like, dad, dad, my foot's stuck. Dad, my foot's stuck. I'm like, bro, relax. He goes, no, dad, my foot's stuck. I go, okay, I'll help you. I reach down. Right then he pulls his foot out and he knees me right in the face. And I'm like, oh dear God, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and so I'm already like, I'm injured and I'm, I'm unhappy and impatient. We finally get to the slopes. We're about to get off the lift. Now, again, I snowboard and very average. And when you get off a lift on a snowboard, you only have one foot in. And so usually for me, getting off the lift is like one of my more action-packed parts of the day. <laughs> and so I'm getting off the lift and my 10-year-old son literally just was, cuts right in front of me, hits the snowboard, I catch an edge, I go, well, bam, right on my face in front of everybody and people are getting off the lift and going around and I get up and I'm like, oh my gosh, and my keys like punctured a hole in my thigh, I'm sure of it, and I'm just like, oh, and my 10-year-old looks at me and he goes, are you hurt again? I'm like, I'll fight a kid right now on this hill. Okay, here, here's what I realized, though. All of a sudden, this hit me. It's noon. That's how long it's taken me to get to the top of the mountain to get ready to go down with, like, six injuries. It's noon. Half my day is gone. And honestly, the thought I had was, half my day with the boys is already gone, and I don't think I've enjoyed one moment of it yet. And, and I started going, well, that's on me. I've been so focused on this future vision I had that I missed out on all these moments already. And see, that's funny when it's like me talking about Keystone for a day. It's not funny when it's us talking about our lives. And, and wouldn't it be tragic if like you finally finish school and that's the goal and that's the dream and all this hard work and all this time and all this energy goes into you finishing school. Wouldn't it be tragic if you finally get to the finish line and you look back with the degree or the diploma and you're like, huh, I don't know if I enjoyed any of the ride. But wouldn't it be sad if one day the kids leave home no, that won't be sad. They'll be glorious, but <laughs> kidding, kids. I love you. Even you, Ashton. Um, no, wouldn't it be tragic, though, if like, because we work so hard as parents, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be tragic if someday they leave 
And, and then you look back on this huge part of your journey and you realize like, I was so worried the whole time of what are they gonna do and how are they gonna turn out and what if I'm not doing it right and what if I'm making mistakes and what if this and what if that and all these fears and all these worries and all this energy went to some hypothetical future that may or may not happen and you realize now the kids are gone and I don't even know if I enjoyed the process. It'd be tragic. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be sad if, like you get the promotion finally one day and you start the ministry or you build your company or you get the job or you finally meet the person or you finally start the family. Or, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is for you, because we each, God always puts new dreams and new things on our heart for different seasons. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awful to get to that end of the road and look back and go, look what God did. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I ever enjoyed any of it. Look what he did. Like, I don't want that. And I bet you don't want that. Would you put that slide up there? See, if we're not careful, we can get so focused on a hypothetical future that we miss out on life to the fullest in the here and now. Jesus said, I came to this world to bring you life and life to the fullest. He wasn't just talking about someday. He was talking about today. We don't have to wait till someday to have peace, till someday to have purpose, till someday to have joy, till someday to live with some passion. We don't have to wait. Life to the fullest isn't just for someday, it's for today. But we've got to decide at some point, I'll dream big, but I'm going to live better. Because my God is able and because my God is working, you know what? This may not be the end of the road for me, and I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'll tell you what I do know. Do know this is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because there's some joy to be had in this moment. And I was reminded of this. In fact, God rocked me with this thought. Just recently, I've been reading a book, and I just wanted to recommend it to you because I've so enjoyed it. It's called Own the Moment by Carl Lentz. And in fact, while I was reading it, at one point, I texted him, and I was like, bro, thank you for this because, like, dude, what you just said rocked me. In fact, I'm going to spend the next month talking to our church about it. It so got a hold of me. And, and I was going to read parts of the book, but... To make it easier, our team put it up on the screen. So let me read part of what I read, and you can follow along with me. He says this, I think we all have a bad idea of what the dream life is if it means we see it only when we sleep. My dream church is the one I pastor right now. My dream house, I'm sleeping in it. I'm sure it won't be the last one, and I have some ideas about what the future can hold without a doubt. But I'm not going to walk around with that, that feeling all the time that gnaws slowly at so many. The feeling that says, there has to be something better. Pastor Carl says this, I think I'm over my tattoo phase. But if I did add something, it would be dream big, but live better. That's where we get the title for our series. That's essentially what the scripture says in Ephesians 3.20. And he takes this scripture that I always interpret to mean I ought to be dreaming bigger dreams, and he flipped it upside down, and this is what rocked me. That's essentially what the scripture says in Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. To him be the glory. 
That passage opens my eyes every day to the power of right now. Because if this is true, and I believe it is with my whole heart, get this, church, my dreams are fantastic, but God is so good that he'll exceed them anyway, rewrite them better. So I might as well live like what I'm doing is the dream because there's probably more in it than I realize. And the last thing he said is this that I'll read. I was asked recently, are you living the dream? He said, it looks like it. I answered respectfully, no, I killed the dream. I'm living something better, a reality that I can feel and share and pass on. I don't see my dreams when I close my eyes. I think we can live something greater when we truly open them. Isn't that great? I'm so grateful to to Pastor Carl and this book that he wrote, and and I can't wait to get into this more with you as a church family. And, And listen, I'll always be the guy who challenges you to think bigger and to dream bigger. It's just part of who I am. But let's step into this brand new year with this idea that he said, because I think it's so good for so many of us to think about. Yeah, let's dream big, but let's live better. Let's be in the middle of situations that we don't even know how they're going to turn out and put our foot down and put our hands up and still decide to worship because my God is able and my God is working even on the days I can't see it. That's who I want us to be as a church family. I was talking to a friend recently. And the truth is, is if my friend was up here on this stage with me, he would admit to you Truth be told, with what he does for a living, like he's really good at it and he's really successful at it. In fact, I bet 99 point something percent of all people in the world who do what he does, they wish they were in his spot. And he would tell you, on paper, I've never been more successful. So we're sitting at lunch and he said, but I'll tell you what's crazy. I've never been more successful And I've never had more anxiety at the same time. And I thought, oh, this is, this is so many of us. If I went around all of our locations today and gave people a chance to talk, so many people just within this one church family would go, I know exactly what that feels like. Like on paper, everything should be at its, at its peak right now. So why am I so depressed and why do I have all this anxiety? And I said, well, talk me through some of this. And he said, he said, I literally go to work and feel like I have to audition all the time. I'm always wondering if they're watching. I'm always wondering if people are seeing what I'm doing, if I'm gonna get bypassed, if I'm gonna get what, what I feel like God wants me to experience or am I just gonna be overlooked? He said, I've never been more successful yet I've never had more pressure and anxiety. And I was thinking about our conversation this week, and so I texted my friend, and I said, I said, what do you think, what do you think, you know that conversation we had, and I reminded him, he said, oh yeah, I said, what do you think causes that for you? And here was his text response. He said, it's hard to be content and enjoy each day because I feel like I gotta do it on my own all the time. It's a lonely place to be, that's for sure, but that seems to be where I live. Always thinking, if I don't make it happen, well, then it won't. Or if I truly let go and trust God that I'll lose out or be overlooked. Come on, how many times have you felt that? God, I want to let go. I want to trust you. But I'm afraid if I do, I'll just get overlooked. (laughs) He said, 
Feeling like you have to impress, please, and outshine everyone around you is a heavy weight to carry. But that's been my story as long as I can remember. Feeling that I'm enough only happens when I feel like I've achieved everything there is to achieve and the people around me see it. Pretty stupid, I know. And I texted my friend back and I said, bro, we have so much in common. I know that feeling. And I know people in our church know that feeling. I wanna trust you, God, but if I let go, what if it never gets picked back up? What if I get overlooked? What? Come on, we know. We know what it feels like to be successful on paper, but ang anxious in life, don't we? And what my friend needed to be reminded and what I often need to be reminded and what many of you probably need to be reminded is Ephesians 3.20. Actually, it's not just our church history. It's what we stand on today for our church and our families and our lives. And it is true. My God is able to do immeasurably more. That means the stuff I think is impossible and the times when I get hopeless, no, my God can do that too. He's able and he's working on the days even when I can't feel it or sense it or understand it. He's not working because I feel it. He's working because his word says he's working and we know this, his word always trumps our feelings. And my friend needs to be reminded of that and so do I and I, I bet so do you. See, God is working and it's all on him. It's his power that's working. It's not just up to us. Sometimes we need to be reminded he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who wrote that dream on your heart. He says, I wrote it, I'll finish it. And I was talking with my friend that day and I said, you know what, well, it's interesting, excuse me. I said, I have another friend. <laughs> I know it's crazy, I have two. Um, <laughs> I have another friend named Nick. And I hadn't planned on any of this. It just sort of, I felt like God just sort of gave me the words in the moment. The truth is he taught me a lot as I was talking. But it was like, I said, I said man, I have a friend named Nick. And I said, he is the happiest, most peaceful, joyful person. His life's not perfect. He would tell you that. He's the happiest most peaceful, joyful person I've ever known. He happens to work at a church, and, and, and the church that he works at happens to be one of the largest, most influential churches on the planet. But I said, my friend Nick is one of the happiest people I've ever met. And I go, you wanna know what, what's crazy? I've known him for over 20 years. He's one of my closest friends. We've talked about like everything in life you can think about talking about. I said, you, you, you wanna know something? In 20 years, I have never once heard him say, I hope I get mine. I've never once in 20 years heard him talk about, I hope my dreams happen and my future happens and how am I gonna push that door open and how am I gonna wiggle my way in there and I gotta make it happen and I hope they're watching and I hope it happens for me. I've never once heard him talk about, God better make my dreams come true. And he's one of the happiest people I've ever known. And I'm driving home from that conversation and I started thinking about how happy Nick is and it made me mad. 
So I called him. I'm like, hey. I said, no, man. I said, I just want you to know I've been bragging about you behind your back today. And you're one of my closest friends in the world. We go way back. And I said, what I was telling someone about you today is, is you're one of the happiest, most joyful, peaceful people I've ever met. And I've never once heard you talk about how you're worried about the next part of life. Never. All I ever hear him talking about is like, just grateful where God has me. Just happy to be here. God's in control. I'm just being faithful. It's just like, that's all he said. And I was like, bro, for 20 years, that's, that's how you've talked and that's how you've lived. And as a friend, I just want to tell you, I'm so proud to be your friend. And then I was like, hey, like, how do you do that? And he goes, man, I, I just remind myself all the time. And he, and he shared with me that verse. God's the author and the finisher of my faith and my dreams and my life. And he said this, he goes, Sean, there's not a person on this planet who's in charge of my future. I don't have to impress anybody. God's in control of my future. He said, man doesn't control my promotion. God controls my promotion. So I don't ever try to force doors open to the next room. That's what he said to me. He goes, I just figure God's got me in this room for a reason. So I'm just gonna crush this room. He said, and get this, when God wants me to go to the next room, he'll come knocking for me and open the door. I don't have to force anything. He goes, so while I'm in this room, I'm just gonna be thankful and I'm gonna crush this room. Well, here's, here's the irony of this phone call. So when Nick got hired at this particular church, he was hired as the assistant to the youth pastor, not assistant youth pastor, assistant to the youth pastor, Dwight. I'm not knocking assistant to the youth pastor because that's what I was for eight years in Illinois. I know what God can do through an assistant to the youth pastor. And I know the dreams that he can put in your heart and, and, and how he can prepare you for what he has for you. I'm not knocking the position at all. In fact, we have a bunch of them around here. But here's what I do know because I was one for eight years. The assistant to the youth pastor never gets brought into a room by the CFO and says, how do you think we ought to handle the budget this year for the whole organization? The assistant to the youth pastor barely makes it on to the org chart. Nobody calls the assistant to the youth pastor into an office and goes, hey, we're trying to set vision for this entire organization. What do you think we should do? Go. That was his job. He said, bro, I'm normal. Of course I have dreams, and of course I have goals, and of course I have hopes. And, and, and he said, for years, I've, I've, he's been at this place 12 years. He said, for years, I've thought, man, what it would be like to have a voice and to be able to help and to be able to help push the ball forward in that area and to be able to help lead. But he said, let me tell you this, I've never once asked for a promotion. I've never once uh, uh, hinted that someone ought to look at me to do something that I'm not. I've never once done anything but say thank you for what I have and I'm gonna crush this room while I'm in it. He said, but you know, you wanna know what's funny, Sean? He said, I'm in my car right now driving to a meeting. I just got promoted. I'm going to lead the entire executive team of the entire organization today for the first time. That's God being faithful 
That's what happens when we say, I don't have to wiggle my way into anything. I don't have to force my way into anything. I don't have to live with a whole bunch of anxiety trying to make it happen on my own. My God is able. My God is working. He's got me in this room for a reason. I'm going to crush this room, and I'll let him open the door to the next one when the time comes. We live like that. We can actually embrace this moment. We can enjoy this moment. You don't have to wait till someday to have peace, till someday to live with some passion, till someday to experience joy, till someday to experience life to the fullest. Life to the fullest isn't just about someday, it's about today, and we get to grab that with both hands, church. Let's dream big this year, but let's live better. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you that you're with us right now and you are in this moment with us. We can sense your presence. God, I pray as we begin to worship you with music that you would speak to us about our lives, about our present, about our future. God, I pray that some weights would just just come off people's shoulders as we begin to sing about how amazing you are and just be reminded that you are able, that you are with us and that you are working. And because that's true, we can claim today over our own life, this is the day the Lord has made. So I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And everybody said, amen. Church, at all locations, let's stand up. Let's worship.